You're listening to the Breakfasters podcast for the week, April 3 to April 7. There we go. Uh, we interviewed Jason Byrne this week about his uh, show Propped Up at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And also we thought as three people that don't have kids would give some holiday tips for people that do have kids. Yeah, and that went about as well as you would expect it to go. Uh, Birdman came in. He talked about parrots that apparently have a sense of humour. They find things very funny. And we talked about the expensive things we'd buy if we had lots of money, which will never happen. You never know. You're listening to Breakfasters here on Triple R with Jeff Geraldine and Sarah Dublin-based comedian Jason Byrne is back in Australia for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. His show's at the Forum. It's called Propped Up, but right now he's joining us at Breakfasters. Welcome to Triple R. Uh, hi. <laughs> this is this is the first ever Australian morning radio show I've done where nobody shouted at me. Oh, oh, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> 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 like, just the way they're always, woo, boy. Yeah. No, we, don't, we don't do cheering. I'm We're Australian, like I'm, I'm called Burnsy when I arrive. G'day, Burnsy. Now we got a call and you don't even really talk. Yeah, yeah you got three minutes and then you're out. Yeah. It's like, hey, woo, we got a donut challenge. What? A donut, a donut challenge. Boy, boy. Yay. Oh, look. Missy's on the line too. What? I don't know what's happening. Yeah, no, oh, I never shit. understood why people expect because happy people in the morning. Yeah, I was explaining that. You don't get that. them here. In Ireland and in, in Britain as well, you know, in the morning a lot of people don't, they can't take the shouting. They need yeah. the calm. So well done, everyone Thank here. Thank you. Being highly calm at this hour when I have come for, yeah, because I had to get up at 5am to get here. Because <laughs> where are you staying? Yeah, I'm staying in, in Brighton. Uh, which is uh, for me uh, holidays because I come here like this is like my holidays. This is, you've been coming here for 12, 13 12 years. years. Huh. How did you come to discover Brighton? Because, well, because uh, no one in Melbourne would consider Brighton a holiday. Yes, well, you see, I, we, first of all, we came into the city as comedians, and then uh, I didn't even know the coast was out there. I had, <laughs> I had, an, I had an inkling, it was a, I thought it was a dock. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And I went, I went oh, I can't be, I don't want to go out there. And then I went down and went, hang on, that's a beach. And I'm, I'm saying Kildai for a scene. Oh, nice. Nice. I know. And everybody always goes, oh. And in my show, I go, why are you going off? And they go, that's not a beach. I go, that is a beach. That is a fantastic beach. It, it gets the sand. It gets cleaned. The sand. It gets cleaned in the morning. They comb the thing. Yes. But don't, don't swim in. No, yeah. well, we do. Okay. <laughs> we we do we get it anyway. No, that's all right. Just have a shower afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and and so it, where I'm from in Ireland, like a lot, of the beaches are freezing all the time, really cold, and there's not much sand. It's all stones and stuff, isn't a it? A lot of them will be stones. Yeah. yeah. And Brighton in Britain is an, is like a death trap, because Brighton in Britain yes. is stones, and when you get in, it you don't gradually get into the sea. There's like a drop. Oh, so is like it? The, yeah, so it's like the so imagine there's a bit of a you know a slant down to the sea. You go down there, and the minute you hit the wave, there's like a three foot drop <laughs> into it, and you can't get back out. You have to kind of crawl back out on your chest oh. as the stones. <laughs> you know, so imagine the wave is pushing you back and forth, grinding your skin against the stones <laughs> as you're trying to get out. No wonder, so, no wonder Brighton Beach sounds pretty good to you. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. In Brighton Beach, I get in and I float like it's the Dead Sea because there's no uh, waves there or anything. No. You know, it's just lots of oil. So this show's called Propped Oh, yeah, up. the show. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we can talk to you about beaches, but I was wondering, you are bringing back a lot of props. Mm. How do you get them all into the country? This huge, you've got a huge duck. Do you? I brought a lot of wood in. 
I didn't didn't even le- I think it's illegal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Oh. I feel, I mean, it's amazing how much trouble you can get into coming in Australia. I felt like a drug smuggler <laughs> bringing in wood. Didn't even know I did. We've got, we've got wood here. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. but I brought... Oh, dear! <laughs> <laughs> I was going to build my house in Brighton on the beach out of wood. No, I um, brought in wood without knowing. Um, I brought... Uh, and, and you know, oh, actually, one year I brought in golf shoes here and I may as well have brought in four kilos of heroin. <laughs> Why? Because they were going, these are golf shoes. And I was going, yeah, I know. And they went, you've been walking around golf courses in Ireland with them. You could bring in all sorts of diseases into this place. I was going... Ah. What? And they got my golf shoes and they just dropped them into a, a water, like the, this kind of cleaning water thing, tank, and just ruined them and oh. kept them. That's <laughs> oh going okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I brought my own wood. I uh, can't even say on air what, what, what they're, they're little boxes. They're for hecklers. So a lot of props, as I said, are on, on stage. I used to do props years ago, you see, because my memory was really bad. So I used to use them as bullet points. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yes, I oh, know yeah, exactly yeah. what you mean. Yeah, so yeah. I'd, go, I'd go, okay, there's a, like a big spoon. Right, I, I I always talk about this before the yeah. big spoon, and then I pick up the big spoon, and then I move on. So this time, I thought, you know what? I've been doing comedy so long, I think I'll go back to doing loads of props to see what it's like, and I did. And I've got tons of things. So yeah, we have big inflatable ducks, horses' heads, sheep's heads, boxes. The boxes are my favorite, and sometimes they don't get used in every show. But basically, they're three big red boxes that are wood. They've got numbers on them, and if there's any hecklers that annoy me. I get them to pick a number and there's something special inside the box for the hecklers. <laughs> do you get a lot of hecklers? Well, do we you did. encourage it? It sounds like you might well, encourage I, it. I might encourage it, but that's kind of fun banter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like a heckle's more evil, yeah. isn't it? Like a girl came in that she was like late with her boyfriend or something about 10 minutes in and said, where were you? And she went, oh, is that a better show? <gasps> oh. Oh. But I can't say on air what was done because... I bet um, I I got her to pick a box, and after she picked the box, and realised what was inside it, the whole room was crying, laughing, pointing at her, and she was like, oh, "Okay, I'm sorry." <laughs> wow! It's a way of dealing with hecklers without speaking. Of course, your story depends on audience participation oh, a lot. Big time Do you ever now? just have someone who's a bit shit? Like, well, no. I mean, what happens is, is that well, you see, the hard thing for me now is that I only get to do an hour, so yeah. I've been, just been doing two hours a, a show since uh, October. So October all the way through till I came here. Because you have to do an hour at home, have a break so they can have a drink and then do another hour. Yeah, right. So that's what you have to do. So I was trying to gram all this prop thing into one hour. And so it's a nightmare. Cause what I'm do- but the thing is that at the start of my show, I kind of groom the audience. So I work out kind of who's going to be a bit of fun and who's nice. And, and then I kind of get them to do stuff in the second half. But so, but when you're doing like a spot at the gala, for example, yeah. where you just go out and go, oh bang, God, that, you, you... Yeah. Yeah. How? I don't know how I do that. I think that's body language. So I'm gonna. So like you know, like Darren Brown and all that mad stuff. Yeah. So it's like I think that's what I because I've been I've been talking to people so many years and picking them for so many years. I just look down real quickly and I can see by their body language that they might be nice to get up. So what's yeah. someone doing with their body if they? Well, they're normally their arms aren't crossed. They're normally open. Yeah, right. Their legs are well open. <laughs> 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 But that's the, yeah, and they're they're normally looking straight at you, and, yeah. and yeah, yeah. so they're normally good, and they they have a bit of a smile on their face. The ones you don't pick are the ones who are waving at you, 
don't get them ah. Ah, they can really? be waving at you pointing at their mates or pointing at them and I yeah. never pick them and I never pick anybody who looks like who just looks like they're about to die if I talk to them Yeah. so it's always that bit in between and that's well, who I get up does it Does it vary from country to country like are there yeah. some nationalities you think are really into getting yeah. up on stage and others who aren't yeah load it's, it, each like in Ireland different counties would do different things like different little cities you know what I mean they would be yeah. up for stuff here they're quite good across the board in Australia, they don't mind. They're just like, yeah, whatever, I'll get up. The British are the best at getting up. Really? Yeah. The Brits are mental. <laughs> they're great fun. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're like going, yeah, all right, I'll get up. And up they get. And d- no bother to them. Because like, they're used to, like, they're so... Brit- in Britain, comedy, it must it, that must be where it started almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so old there. So they're so used to seeing everything. But yeah, they're, they just jump up. And I did gigs in India, right? So yeah. I go, I go, I get asked. So first of all, I was in Edinburgh, the comedy festival in Edinburgh in Scotland, and they said, "Would you?" Uh, I met this promoter guy from Mumbai, and he said, "Would you want to do shows in India?" I went, "No, how am I going to do that?" He goes, "Oh, just come on. They love all your props. They love all your bits and pieces." So I went, went to Mumbai, Delhi, and Bangalore. Oh my God! How'd it go? It was just it was so good. We're going back again in September to record it this time, to record what happens. It's like insane, like you know what I mean. So the first, the first gig you do, they call it an invitational gig. In India, um, they're quite materialistic. All the hierarchy. Do you know what I mean? So they'll yeah. go, this is the best lawyer in India. This is the best doctor in India. This is the best, everything has to be the best, the best, the best. And they're at your show. So the invitational gig was Bollywood stars. There was. Wow. Uh, TV presenters, politicians, a police commissioner. There's about 300 oh of them. God. They don't pay in. They all are invited and they sit at your gig and you, and it was great fun. I had Bollywood stars on stage with like ducks on their head and all the stuff and they just, they love it. They were like going, yay! Wow. And, um, and then you go to the next city and you do an invitational gig but you got to come back to Mumbai and do the public gig. And then that's, that's, that's a bit trickier because they're, they're ordinary people. But what? they're all families. Uh, are they harder to get up? No, they were okay. They got up as well. But they were they were harder than the Bollywood stars because the Bollywood <laughs> stars like, yeah, I'll get up. And they're like really funny. So yeah, so I, yeah, and it was an amazing experience. And I found out that Indians are very like Irish people. Have you have you ever got it wrong though? Like in getting someone up? Yeah, well, it drunk. I can get drunk wrong. Uh. Drunk is hard. So if I, I once got up a guy who was really drunk. I didn't know he was so drunk and I put him in a box. This was years ago. This isn't the gala piece I did, but this is another piece. Um, and I, I got him in a box and I drove him around, uh, put a little beanie hat on him. And I says, can you do a car noise, right? And I drove him around and I'm going, and I went, yeah, pretend you're like five or six and you're driving in the car and he's going, and then you just start crying. Oh, no. He started weeping, kind of, uh, 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 like this. And I was going, oh my God. I had to slowly get him out of the box and kind of put him back down because oh I didn't even want to ask him why he was crying. Let's <laughs> go, we better just leave that there because there's some issues oh of being in a box <laughs> and dragged around. <laughs> I know. Oh. So, 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 yeah, that was, that was getting it wrong. So, oh, please, really? please don't get up if you're hammered. Just, go, just say to me, oh, I'm too drunk, Chase. Or emotionally fragile. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, and the good thing of getting people up, I mean, they, they're they the ones afterwards doing the, the the pictures and signing stuff. 
the people around the stage. Really? Yeah. <laughs> and there's people like signing and stuff. And, go, and like, all you can hear is, oh, you must be great. You must do this every night. And I go, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I go, why you want picture with me? And like, they're like, going, oh, yeah, whatever, mate, whatever. They think they're plants and these poor people <laughs> are getting pictures taken of this with people. And they're going, but then they love it, you know. They all, and I give them their little nicknames. Like when they're on stage, I like make up names for them. Like yeah. if I hear a name, I might just in my own head hear what I want to hear. But then some people have tweeted me and all gone. I've been, I've still been called this all my life because of you. Like Jeez. what kind of names? Box boy. Box boy could be yeah, weepy. <laughs> <laughs> I call weepy in therapy. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so come to my show and relive your youth. It's <laughs> good fun. You've you know? been here lots of times before. Is there anyone particularly you're looking forward to seeing at this festival? Oh, uh, well, I already seen, um, I seen Sam, Sam Simmons. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. mad. Mad in a, just a great way. Yeah. Total organised madness, you know, really good fun. I, I really enjoyed him. And I seen Ursula Carlson, she was really good. Because I was in Brisbane at the Comedy Festival. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. So I was able to, because we're all in that powerhouse. Yeah. So I was able to rock in and out and see other, other, other gigs. So I seen Ursula and Sam. And that's, that's all I seen, really. So I have to. Going to go and see Jez? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably on the same time. That thing about the time is yeah, bad. Yeah, it is I'm hard. on at eight, so I can't see anything yeah, from seven, seven to eight, eight yeah, to yeah. nine, ten. So 7.30 is already out. Yeah. That's why in Brizzy yeah. I was able to see a couple because there was some early shows on. Yeah. But I don't know. There'll be some, some young people, I'm sure, <laughs> that'll well, be uh, doing fabulous shows. This show is called Propped Up. It's on at the forum. We've been talking to Jason Byrne. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for the calmness. You're listening to the best bits of the Breakfasters from 3 Triple R. So, school holidays um, have started this week. Yes. Um, so, some people might not be out of bed yet or just getting up watching cartoons. So, as three people that don't have kids, we thought we'd give some tips on what you can do. <laughs> <laughs> Keep your kids entertained these school in the holidays. Spirit of talking about things you don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is our fault. It's what we do. Yeah. Uh-huh. This show is all about. I don't know what we're talking about, but here we go. Um, here's some suggestions. Uh, I think uh, let your kids do some DIY things around the house. You've been meaning to repaint the toilet. Let the kids do it. Rebound a toilet. Yeah, like do you the paint toilets? Do you? Like the wall, like not the actual might. toilet, oh, but oh, the okay, bathroom. The walls. Okay, right, the bathroom. Okay. Then I reckon yeah. they'd love to paint the actual toilet. Wouldn't it? Yeah, or let them do oh, that yeah. as well. Or get it, give them some paint. Or maybe just, if you want to, like seriously, give them some acrylic paint and go paint the fence. You can wash it off later if you want. Sure. That's fun. Um, also, um, let them do a cooking show. Give them give them an iPad. You s- let them into the kitchen. Away you go. You usually film them. Yeah, they can film themselves. <laughs> Basically, you want to you want to organise activities where. They need minimal supervision and you can be off doing something else. You could play a game called Secret Selfies because you know how little kids love phones and taking photos of themselves. Mm. I've noticed that with my nieces and nephews. Obsessed. Every time I take a photo, show me, show me, me. Yes. I go, okay, we get it. So give them their phone and say, go and take sen- 10 secret selfies around the house in different hiding spots. They're gone for an hour. Oh, nice. I love it. Yeah, you know what else is good for that? Um, you can play hide and go seek. Yes. And, oh, and seek. they can send you the selfie and go, where am I? Yeah, that. Or another thing you could say, okay, you hide first and then you just don't look for them. Yes. <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah. Yes. And you know that if you get in the car, not only are you allowed to put them in restraints, 
but you're obliged to. You have to put them in their seatbelts. <laughs> what are you <laughs> saying? What are you talking about? Well, when you put them in the car, they, I, this is... Are you saying that you... This is why you supervise should just put them in the, <laughs> put ca- them in the car. <laughs> and then they have to put seatbelts on. They can't move and you just drive around and they're restrained for the entire time. Oh, yes, that oh, is good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, put on some good music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It sounded like you were just like, <laughs> put them in the car, put the seatbelt on and then walk away. No, don't, don't, don't do don't that. Don't do that. No. Um, oh, here's another good one. You play a game called Sleeping Beauty. Right, now this um, is not for everybody, but if you want to sneak in a nap... So you you be sleeping beauty. Now, obviously, children still have to be engaged in something here. So give them some face paint and go, you need to give me some, you paint my face so I'm sleeping beauty. And so as oh. you're lying there. Could you, you sleep while someone was painting your face? I don't know that I could. Oh, couldn't you? I could. It's probably best <laughs> if you don't either. Yeah. Oh, well, that's Why? true. I feel that's probably not going to work out that well. No, what do you mean? Have a lot of children painting your face while you're asleep. What's the worst that'll happen? You'll look (laughs) beautiful by the end. (laughs) That happens. These are all terrible ideas. No, they're not. They're great. They're great. What (laughs) What other little chores can you get children to do? Just like when we used to clean the gutters. I don't think that's legal anymore to get children to clean gutters. Yeah, tiny hands. Tiny hands. Little fingers. Little. What else can you... There's got to be other things that kids can do that you can't do. You know, there's hard chores. Go to the shops. No. You want them to go to the shops or if you need to go to do your grocery shopping, get the kids to do it, like, a little bit at a time. Like, just, you just have to get your stopwatch out and time them. How, how quick can you go to the supermarket and get get a dozen eggs? Well, well, that has to be the right age for that as well. Yeah, if they're old enough to do it. Yeah. bang, how long does that take? I think that's a good I idea. Reckon, oh, you can improve on that. How about you see how long it takes you to get a litre of milk? I, re- I remember my grandfather once uh, when we visited him, finding some money, a coin on the ground mm. and then telling all of us that there are probably lots of coins around here and that we should spend some time looking for them. Oh, that is and genius. It, and then oh, it was only much later that I realised he probably put the coin there himself. That is. <laughs> yeah, go looking for the coins. <laughs> yeah, coins Jeez. everywhere. They'll just look carefully. My uncle once put a bottle of wine on a table. He was, um, we were at a Christmas and he was meant to be looking after us kids but everyone else was eating dinner. Put a bottle of wine on the table and he said, have a look at the bubble in the bottom of that wine how do you think that got there and we were fascinated you know the bottom of a wine the bottle, dimple at the bottom yeah and it, it dips up we genuinely yeah. thought there was a a bubble in it and we sat around that bottle of wine staring <laughs> at it he goes you can't touch it you just got to think about how that bubble got in there and we were i reckon half an hour <laughs> the end yeah and it has a bonus he could gradually have a glass of it while <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bubble's still there kids <laughs> You're listening to the best bits of the Breakfasters from 3 Triple R. It's time for feature creatures here on Triple R, and this week we're joined by Sean the Birdman Dooley. How are you going, Sean? I'm very well. I, I, I've always meant to ask with that intro. I, for some reason, in my head, I feel like you do the monkey noise, Jeff. He was does. That, was that, yeah. Did he do that in the recording studio? Yeah. No, but oh, my God, no, that would every be amazing. Time, every time the microphone is off, I'm doing monkey noises. <laughs> <laughs> I may do some in the middle of this interview. Oh, that is so funny that you think that's Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, I'm, I'm glad I've got, got you laughing because I thought that in, in honour of Comedy Festival uh, that, that I thought I'd talk about birds 
and humour. Oh. And um, not, not necessarily people doing bird humour because as I discovered to my possible career detriment that uh, doing a one-man stand-up show about bird watching is not necessarily the way to make a comedy <laughs> career. I can't believe that didn't fly. Yeah, I attempted a lot of... I, I did a show in the, about 15 years ago in the International Comedy Festival. I'd done other shows, but I actually thought, well, work. I used to work in comedy, TV comedy, and the whole idea for, you know, when you're writing comedy is trying to observe, observe absurd human behaviour. And it took me years to cotton on to the fact that, hang on, I hang out yes. with a bunch of guys in anoraks who go to a sewerage farm <laughs> and look at about a thousand brown birds waiting for one of those brown birds to lift its armpit so they can see the different colour. And then when they do, they go, yes, and hug each other. And I thought, what more absurd human behaviour can you get? So... So, yeah. cool. so I did. I did the um, uh, comedy festival show, and it, it, it went. It went well. The bird nerds loved it. The you know, I had some cracker jokes, like you know, talking about <laughs> you know, controversial police introducing controversial new heron trials and things like that. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but, oh, but so, too good. Yeah, I, I started to run out of uh, <laughs> bird puns pretty quickly. However, the, what I wanted to talk about was humour within animals and there's a study that's just come out recently. We talk about, you know, we can look at animals and laugh. I mean, that's what the internet essentially is really. <laughs> is, uh, or or the, the internet you can show your kids anyway is just animals. Funny cats. Funny cats, funny, funny dogs, all that sort of stuff. But the question is, do animals laugh? Do animals have a sense of humour? And it seems that in the case of birds, particularly parrots, it might actually be the case that uh, that they do. There's a study from New Zealand on this bird called the Kia, which is not a Korean car. It's actually <laughs> a, 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 a New Zealand parrot. Uh, and it's the only... They're really quite unique birds. They're the only alpine parrot. In the world, they live in the high country of, of New Zealand. Sort of, so if anyone's been to the ski fields of New Zealand, you'd probably know them because they hang around the car park. They're they're really big kind of birds with massive honking, really scary looking beaks, uh, like round sort of sharp parrot beaks that they then use to do things like rip rip out your windscreen wiper blades <gasps> and they do a lot of damage. That's and their humour, is it? That's their humour. <laughs> they're, they're kind of, yeah, just, just on the uh, sort of delinquent side of things. <laughs> and and there's all actually lots of funny stories about what they get up to. You know, they, they will steal people's backpacks or get into their backpacks and eat things. They're also quite scary and scarily they're the only known carnivorous parrot <gasps> so they are meat eaters so they will eat your flesh <gasps> well, will they well, really if you, well if you probably died and lay <laughs> in the snowfield they would come and oh. feast on it but they uh there was a great story a few years ago they they took a backpacker's wallet and and flew off with it into the mountains and the ironic thing like clearly they they do have a sense of humor because they picked a scottish backpacker to, <laughs> to steal his wallet so th there's that aspect that they seem funny but the researchers have um been doing this study and they they have a, a number of different calls and they're like many parrots they're very playful and they'll, they'll sort of gamble and roll around together and 
play fight and one will pretend to be dead and then jump on the other one, all that sort of stuff. So they're thinking, well, is this just, you know, is this kind of social behaviour or does it have possibly have any sense of humour behind it? Mm. And the researchers started playing different calls to, to birds that were just sitting there. The, the keys were kind of sitting. And I've seen one of the videos of it on YouTube. There's a short video and there's a pair of keys there. And they worked out that if they played a certain call, it, which actually sounds like laughter, it's kind of this <laughs> laugh. Oh, wow. That as, soon as, <laughs> as soon as they play it to other keyers, the keyers start mucking around. They, <gasps> they, it's like an infectious laughter kind of thing. And there's there's a, a YouTube video where they're just sitting on the side of the road, like on one of the roadside barriers, these two birds. As soon as they play the call, the keyers kind of look at each other and start going, hey, 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 and start <laughs> oh, banging wow. each other. And uh, like uh, banging into each other and rolling about, fighting each other. Oh, like, my in God, a that is so way. good. And apparently they've, they've tried other different Kia calls. They've tried all these other calls, including artificial things. And the Kias will just, if, if they hear another Kia with the different call, they'll just kind of look around and say, oh, where, where's, where's that coming from? But mm. every time they play this what, this, what they're calling the laugh call, the birds just instantly start reacting like they're, almost like they're drunk. It's kind of like this trigger. That that is so cool. And so they think there's this theory, the theory of mind is that they actually have a kind of, in their social play, they do have like a humour button. They find they find this thing, whether it's humour as we know it, but it's certainly a, a trigger for them to muck around. Sorry. When, when they, sorry, when they're mucking about, do they are they doing that laugh call as well? Uh, it, it, I'm not sure. In the, the one video I've seen where it's unequivocal that they're yeah. reacting to it, they, they don't. They just start kind of making a few slight mirthful chuckles at each other, but like, <laughs> gotcha there, that yeah, sort of thing. Right. So it's key if you are mostly kind of pratfalls and yeah, pies I, in I, the face and that sort I, of thing. I think so, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying it's kind of sophisticated, you know. <laughs> I, just also, the, you know I love that they play dead, like that's funny in every, like when yeah, you're a human, yeah. you're yeah. a kid. It's kind of messed up, but the birds like to play dead as well. Ha, ha gotcha. Yeah, I'm not really dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. It, 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 there is. It, you just think. I, I think we have scientists are very reluctant to to attribute human emotions to emotional states to animals because they don't yeah. want to anthropomorphize and and that sort of thing. But when you think about it, we you know biologically we we have evolved and. What what's to say that our human social traits aren't don't go back way way like even before we were humans? So mm. there might be these sort of strands of behaviour that that we have just developed. So it, it sort of I, I don't think it's that surprising that no, animals well, have well, those sorts of emotional states, including something as sophisticated as humour. In we were talking about that in media this morning because it was just a study that had been done on chimps in which they kind of can identify when someone's pulling a prank or when someone's telling a lie, uh, and they reckon that's because we've, like, these things that we have must have evolved from somewhere. Mm. So maybe it's like Jurassic Park and we all came from birds. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> or also, are there, other, are there other birds that they know of that display this kind this, of thing? This is the first that they've recorded, like, that, uh, an actual call like uh, maybe it's just like the ultimate parrot knock knock joke or something yeah. just, you know, they're just they're just wing slapping their thighs yeah. <laughs> oh, you get me every time with that one brian <laughs> but certainly other parrots uh, in particular the parrots are 
the, some of the most intelligent of birds. And, and other cognitive studies have shown that parrot intelligence is on a par with a, a small child or, or, or a chimp um, yeah, of wow. a certain age. And if anyone, I mean, you can see it around Melbourne, particularly at this time of year, if you get things like galahs and cockatoos, but the galahs and the corellas in particular, they do love to play. And it's the fact that they're long-lived birds. They're very social birds. Uh, and also being parrots, they, their main food is, is seeds. And so they get there in areas where there's lots of food. They don't need to feed for very long to get their nutritional fill. So they're not spending every day going out hunting or like all day, every day. They, they can feed up and quite quickly. So they've got a lot of time to develop these these social routines. hierarchies and these routines. And I've seen just in Melbourne on, um, you know, I've seen galahs getting up on, say, aerial wires and they kind of uh, zip line down. They'll, they'll put their their beak on, on the wire as it, as it goes down and they'll, like a flying fox, they'll just, oh, wow. they'll just go down and they, they'll get there and kind of just all... It really does look like they're laughing at them and going, hey, that was cool, and they'll go do it again. And um, we, we ran a series of photos in uh, Australian BirdLife magazine a few years ago of galahs at play, and they were doing the pretend to be dead, like one of them would lie on its back. You've had this, and haven't Oh, you? yeah, when, I, when the, there was a magpie in my friend's backyard that was lying with its arms stretched out in the dirt, and then she ran out and it just flew like flew mm. past her into her face. <laughs> That's she, actually, she thought it was dead. Magpies do that sort of play as well, but also what they what that bird was doing was what's called sunning. And ah. the, the birds, a lot of birds do this. They will just lie in the sun and bask and they almost go into this blissed out kind of... That's what it looks like. State. It looked yeah. like Jesus. Yeah. They, <laughs> they, Jesus. And they don't know whether it's just... They don't think it's to get warmth because often they'll do it on a hot day anyway, but they think it might be to get a, a sort of protection against mites and other parasites, ah. like get the UV rays on their plumage so they spread their feathers and soak up the sun uh, but they do get, go into this meditative state and uh, th they sometimes you can like literally walk up and pick them up when they're in that state oh. uh, so so but magpies I have seen do the play dead thing as well so that's mm, so cool it's a joke a minute in the bird world thanks so much and Sean the Birdman Dooley we'll speak to you again soon three triple just having a general discussion about um, what we'd do if we were super, super rich and yep. what kind of um, fancy things we could buy. Because there's a pair of shoes that have gone on sale today. They're, they're Pumas that Rihanna designs yep. <laughs> called Fenty Pumas. And they're really nice and I really want to buy them, <laughs> but I can't afford them, so it's fine. That's all right. But See, I, I don't even I want much in life. you can afford them, but you just can't justify Yes. That is, that is it. I actually can afford them, but I can't justify that amount yeah. of money on these shoes, even though they look really cool and shiny. Sometimes you just have to take the plunge, though. I yeah. um, did once spend a lot of money on some um, leather shoes. How much? I... What's a ballpark quite figure? A lot. No, um, no, no. Just tell us, was it worth it? Yeah, hell yeah. What, what do you mean? Was considerably more than the, oh. the amount that you're talking about. Oh, really? About. Yeah. Wow. Um, they're, they're bespoke leather, so they make them for your feet. You know, so they oh. measure you up, and, um, and they're oh, so wow. nice. They're so nice. And I, so I was thinking when you were talking about it, like I have no regrets. You know, I would very rarely do something like that. But um, every time I wear them, I think I'm so glad I've got these. And also, how often do you wear them? Sorry. Uh, it's like they're nice shoes. So when, you, when you're going out somewhere, you know, or when you're going to something, they're quite formal. So 
when you're going to, I don't know. Okay. Actually, I've got a family dinner um, tonight, like a sort of celebratory thing, so I might wear them to that. Oh, perfect. Right, so you're not just saving them for a wedding or anything. It's not, not like a one No, 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 you feel like you spend the money, you've got to wear them. Also, but so you see, here's the thing. Something with like leather shoes, you know that they're going to last. It's a, it's actually so a wise, it's a wise investment though. Wise indeed. It, it is. It is. So because you know, shoes, the shoes I'm talking about, mm, but they're sneakers. They're sneakers. Yeah. I don't know that they're going to last that long. I mean, they'll yeah. last a while, but I'm not going to have them forever unless I put them on a shelf and look at them, which you know a lot of people who buy sneakers do. Uh, but I feel like that's actually an indulgent purchase that you've done, but. Kind of wise. You know, my that sparking joy thing that led me to throw out all my stuff? Yes. <laughs> okay, that wasn't such a great idea. But I do think there is something in that to have some things that every time you look at them, you feel happy. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Like you think, yeah, oh, I'm yeah. glad I've got that and it makes you... There's nothing more depressing than having the opposite. You know what I mean? Like you look at all your shoes and you think, I hate these. Yeah. You know, these are crap. Yeah. It's furniture for me has been the latest thing at the moment to that I've been spending money on. Like my luxury item at home would be oh, oh, what's I'm your totally luxury behind item? that. I think that's good. Oh, good. Like if you just a few nice furniture items, like I bought a nice coffee table and they're all kind of, you know, mid century kind of things. Like I bought a, a sideboard you know, display thing that I have in my bedroom and a nice homemade... Again, I think it's a wise investment. It's not like going... Here's something I struggle with is um, really fancy dinners. Like, I love the idea of going, wouldn't you Mm. just, like, if I had the money, wouldn't it be awesome to go and have, go to somewhere, you know, Attica, I don't know, somewhere where you'd go and have a really big meal and have all matching wines and be really like, oh, this is amazing. But... I feel like it's just done and it's gone yeah. and I can't, whereas I've got friends who that's what their thing will be. If they save up their money, that'll be their thing. They'll go and blow it on a massive fancy dinner with matching wines, whereas I just think you're done and you walk the out and you've got think. nothing. You yeah. Don't, yeah, you can't stare at your lovely shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it isn't it nice Take to... lots of photos of yourself eating the meal and you can stare at them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but then you just re- remember the good times. Isn't a memory good enough? Oh, yeah, oh. whoa, that's lovely. <laughs> that's, I'm going to well, cry. Okay, so here's the thing. Have you ever done this, though, and done the big splurge on something and then regretted it afterwards? Oh. I did buy a remote control um, shark, inflatable shark, once, and I, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used it yet. <laughs> what do you mean? What is it? How is this not... How are you not using this in your show? <laughs> Well, I think I did. You should just start the show with the freaking <laughs> shark. I think I did buy it for a show once, and then, but I just, it's, you have to fill it with helium, and it's like <laughs> helium's too hard to get. So oh, it's It's really big. <clears throat> well, like it's a balloon. Yeah, yeah, it's like a balloon, but it has like a remote thing attached to it, so you can fly this. This big great white shark <laughs> around the room, and I'm still in the box. So I can't I, believe it. So, so how did that? You saw it on the internet and thought, "Yeah, I saw I it must, on eBay." I must get this. Yeah, of course I did. It's a big shark. <laughs> Who doesn't want a big inflatable shark? To, <laughs> and oh, then you're gonna bring a new one day. <laughs> Can yeah, you please? Yeah, fly it around the studio. Yeah, well, I've got to get some helium. That's a problem. Can't you just go to a balloon shop? Yeah, and... that's well, that's difficult, isn't it? You'd have to get out of the house and. <laughs> Go and find it, and maybe if, I, if, I, if I had my own, if we had our own supply, maybe during um, uh, radiothon, maybe they can get some uh, helium. Taken maybe you can here. get on eBay and buy some helium too. Yeah, oh, I've never. I think the only thing I ever regretted was when I was about thirteen or fourteen years old. I'd been saving up my money to buy a piece of clothing because we we're one of those families where you got given clothing at 
Christmas or whatever, but you'd never shop in between Christmas and the next Christmas. But I had pocket money and I really wanted to buy a cool Mambo shirt. Remember Mambo oh, was really yeah. And so I went to this surf or surf and ski store and um, I found this big Mambo shirt and it was gigantic. It was like a men's shirt. It's the kind of thing Toadie from Neighbours would wear. Yes. Like really loud. I know exactly what you're talking you know, about. Okay, and I, but I just loved the idea of it and I got it in my head that I really liked this Mambo. And I remember asking the shop assistant, you know, can I... If I put this on labour, can I can I change my mind? And they're like, no returns, no returns, because this was the nineties. So you know, back before they had to compete with online. And um, so I put twenty dollars on it, and then I gradually started paying it off. You know, like I come in every week and put another five dollars on it. And then by about halfway through, I just realised it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad, and it was about it was like an extra. It was so big, it came down to like my knees. And I'd grown, I was in, then I was in early high school and, like, the fashion had changed and oh, no. to be a bit more girly. Oh, no. And the sad thing was I used to go in there every week putting another $5 in it and then I and got it and I never wore it, it ever. Oh. I know. I just think you could have spent all of that money on an inflatable <laughs> shark instead. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.